Jesus chose 12 disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is one who learns and follows a discipline. Now, in this context, discipline, one number one, is conscious control over lifestyle. Discipline, conscious control over lifestyle. Discipline is mental self-control used in directing or changing behavior. Discipline is mental self-control used in directing or changing behavior. A discipline is something to learn. A discipline is something to learn or it is a means by which we are one is trained. A discipline, a discipline is something to be learned or it is a means by which someone is trained, trained. So disciples learn how to control their lifestyles and how to change their behavior. How? By learning something. Disciples learn how to control their lifestyles and to change their behavior by learning something. And the something that disciples learn is called doctrine. Therefore, a disciple is a student of doctrine. Jesus taught his, his disciples only one doctrine. Jesus only taught one doctrine. Jesus only taught one doctrine. He taught the doctrine of truth. Now, in, most, in the general context, truth is a doctrine or system of teaching that is eternal, genuine, and real. Truth is genuine, truth is eternal, and truth is real. Jesus taught this system of doctrine to his disciples. So through knowledge of truth now, he taught them how to have conscious control over their lifestyles. Through knowledge of truth, Jesus taught them how to have control, conscious control over their lifestyles. Through the knowledge of truth, Jesus taught them how to have mental self-control. Through the knowledge of truth, Jesus taught his disciples how to have mental self-control. Through the knowledge of truth, Jesus taught them how to change their behavior. Through the knowledge of truth, Jesus taught them how to change their behavior. And the only doctrine that Jesus taught was, and I'll say it again, was truth. Well, why was it necessary for the, the disciples to learn truth? Well, in John 8.31, why should they learn truth? Well, in eight, John 8.31, Jesus told them, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. Help me finish this, Sister Cooper. And the truth shall make you free. Amen. So that's why they needed to know truth. Because knowing the truth would make them free. So knowing truth would free them from the bondage of sin. Knowing truth would take them out of the darkness of death and into the light of life. Knowing truth would save them from eternal damnation. 
Knowing truth would enable them to have a life, have life, and to have that life more abundantly. Knowing truth would liberate their souls from the eternal consequences of sin. Now, what we must understand is that Jesus was not just speaking to the 12 men he chose to evangelize the gospel. He was speaking to whomever would hear, accept, and believe the truth. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, that is, if if you continue in my word, that is truth. If you believe my doctrine, that is truth. If you follow the doctrine, that is truth. Then you will be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth you know shall make you free. Now, later in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus reveals to the disciples that by following and supporting the doctrine of truth, they would follow and support him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And henceforth ye know him and have seen him. So Jesus says, I am the truth. So when you know me, you know truth. He also says, when you see me, you see truth. Because you see the spirit of truth that is in me. And when you see the spirit of truth that is in me, you also see the Father. Verse 17, he explains it very well. John 14, 17, he says, Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Is that what it says? Ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the Father. I am the Spirit of Truth. And you know that you know this because I have revealed myself to you. I dwell with you. Right now I'm talking to you, but soon I will be in you. After I go to prepare that place for you, then I will be in you. That where I am, there you will be also. Therefore, Jesus was teaching them the doctrine of truth. By revealing to them that he is the truth. And by knowing him, they would know truth. And by knowing truth, it would make them free. So in knowing Jesus, they would know the truth. And in knowing truth, they would be made free. Making sense to you? Matthew 11, 28. Matthew 11, 28. Matthew 11, 28. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
Jesus was using a farming tool, the term a yoke, the term called yoke, so that they could understand how to how to learn of him. A yoke now, as I said, it was a farming tool. It was a harness. It was a dual harness that fit on the necks of the oxen, making it possible for them to pull a plow or pull a heavy burden. A yoke is also now a close bond between people. A yoke is a close bond between people. How do we know? Second Corinthians 6.14. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Paul says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So it's a close bond between people. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. In other words, don't have close relationships with those that don't believe the truth. Don't have a relationship with somebody that doesn't believe the truth. You're wasting your time. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Let's be yoked together. Let's have a close relationship. Let's have a close relationship. Learn of me. Become my disciple of truth. Learn of me. I'll help you carry your heavy load. Learn of me. Become my disciple and you will discover, you'll discover something about the truth though. The way of truth is easy. The burden of my knowledge is light. Learn of me. Know that I am the spirit of truth who will guide you to all truth. Not only will I guide you to all truth, I will make you free. Don't go there, but John 8, 31, it, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. In other words, the truth was speaking to those who would believe the truth. The truth was speaking to those who would believe the truth. And this is significant. This is the main point. Because in order for one to receive the benefits of truth, one must believe it. In order to receive the benefits of truth, one must believe it. Being presented with the knowledge of truth or being acquainted with truth will not liberate the soul. Hundreds of thousands of people have heard of Jesus, but only a fraction believe. Truth is a spirit. How do we know? Because he says, the spirit of truth will guide you to all truth. So if he says the spirit of truth will guide you to all truth, then guess what? Truth is a spirit. Truth is alive. Truth has being. And truth only liberates those who believe it. Truth is a way of life. Truth is to be experienced and lived. Truth is a way of life. Truth is to be experienced and lived. And the only way to experience and to live truth is to believe it. Now there's a saying, knowledge is power. This is true. Knowledge is power. However, this is something Sister Glover knows. Belief is powerful. Knowledge is power, but belief is powerful. Knowledge is power, but belief is powerful. Well, what's the difference? Well, power is a noun. Power is having the ability or potential to act. It's in my power to do so. 
Power is having the ability or potential to act. Powerful is how the power must work. Powerful is an adjective. Powerful is the energy or force that produces an effect. Powerful is the energy or force that produces an effect. So power is ability. But powerful is the energy and force behind the ability that produces results. You can be power, you can have power. But in order to see your power work, you've got to be powerful. Likewise, knowledge of truth is power. Belief initiates that ability. Belief, though, is powerful. Belief is energy and force that utilizes and actualizes the knowledge. That's why the scripture says faith without works is dead. Just as the soul with a body without a soul without life in it is dead. So is faith without works. So your, your faith, yes, you believe it, but your faith doesn't become powerful until you believe it and live it. Does that make sense to you? There's a vast difference between knowing that something can be done and believing that you can do it. There's a vast difference between knowing that something can be done and believing that you can do it. As I said, knowledge is power. It presents possibility. However, belief is powerful because not only do I know it's possible, I believe I can do it. Did you get that? Knowledge is power. It presents possibility. However, belief is powerful because not only do I know it's possible, I believe I can do it. For example, you can watch a film of someone jumping out of a plane with a parachute. So you know it can be done. But do you believe you can do it? You see someone graduate with a college degree. So you know it can be done. But do you believe you can do it? You see former addicts live clean and sober lives. So you know it can be done. But do you believe you can do it? You desire to be married. You see married couples with harmonious marriages. So you know it can be done. But do you believe you can have the same? You see others doing well. And having their financial needs met. So you know it's possible, but do you believe your financial needs can be met also? So the point here is that knowing truth provides us with the possibility to be free from the bondage of unbelief. Knowing truth provides us with the possibility to be free from the bondage of unbelief. Because unless, unless you cross that bridge of belief, you will never enter into the place of freedom that God has provided. Unless you cross the bridge of belief, you will never enter into that place that God has provided for you. Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Indeed here means in reality. It means in truth. So Jesus says, when I set you free, you are free in truth and in reality. You are really free. You're not imaginarily free. You are free. However, this freedom only comes 
as a result of belief. You hear me say this all the time, and it is so true. We don't act outside of what we believe. We only do what we believe. I don't care how much you tell me, if I don't believe it, I'm not going to do it. Yes, you can force me to do it, and I will do it because you force me, but it doesn't mean I believe it. We only act according to what we believe. Hmm. So we cannot enjoy the benefits of the word of God and the doctrine of truth unless we believe it. Jesus told the disciples, you shall have power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He told them you have potential, didn't he? He says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will have potential to act. And we know that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. Therefore, knowing truth now begins with the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Because without the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, you cannot know truth. You cannot see truth. You cannot tell the difference between truth and a lie if you don't have the spirit of truth in you. And that's why so many people will believe a lie and be deceived because they don't have the spirit of truth in them. Oh, but we got the spirit of truth in us and we know a lie. We can see a lie a mile away. You can't lie to me about God because I got God in me. You can't lie to me about what the Lord can do for me because I've got the Lord in me. You can't lie to me about the truth because I know the truth because the truth is in me and the truth has made me free. Mm. The spirit and power of truth must first dwell within you. However, in order to make that truth powerful, you've got to believe it. To be, make that truth powerful that's in you, you've got to believe it. Yes, we have the Holy Ghost. We have received the promise of power. But this power will not be powerful unless we back it up with some belief. The word of God is power, but it won't be powerful to us unless we back it up with some belief. That's how you go from faith to faith. You you know the word of God. So you put the word of God in your life and you watch how the word of God works in your life. That's because you believe it. And the more the word of God works in your life, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more the word of God works. And it works and it keeps on working. And the word of God will never fail you. The word of God is real. The word of God is eternal. The word of God is genuine. The word of God will never leave you and it will never forsake you. Why? If you only believe it. But you got to believe it. You got to believe it and you've got to live it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus says, if you know the truth and if you believe the truth, then you'll be a powerful disciple. If you know the truth and you believe the truth, then you'll be a powerful disciple. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 17. Beginning with the 14th verse. I hope you're getting something out of this. We're going to see in this passage an event in which the disciples had power. But Sister Glover, because of unbelief, they were not powerful. You ready? And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him. This hymn is Jesus. 
and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water. I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. And he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we do what you just did, did Jesus? And Jesus told him, because of your unbelief. For verily, verily, I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to be yonder, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. If you believe. So in this passage of scripture, we see that a man came to the Lord asking for mercy, asking Jesus to take thoughtful consideration for his problem. In verse 15, he says, the boy is lunatic. In other words, the boy was crazy. Boy was nuts. But it was a demon that was making him crazy. It was he was sore vexed. He was possessed with an evil spirit. He had no control over his impulses. The demon would throw him in the water and then throw him in the fire. The boy was crazy. He was, de- he was demon possessed. That's what demons do though. Demons make human beings crazy. They make them real crazy. But you know what's wonderful about having the Holy Ghost? All your demons are gone. Once you have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, every last one of your demons, I don't care how many you got, they got to go. Because now your soul is holy. So now the demons can kind of play with your mind and make suggestions, but they can't torment you like this. They can't make you do things that you don't want to do. I hope you got that. So they asked Jesus, why couldn't we rebuke him? Why couldn't we rebuke the devil? Jesus told them, you had power, but you weren't powerful. You had the ability, but you didn't believe you had it. They had the knowledge that it could be done because they watched Jesus do it. But they didn't believe they could do it. And the fact that they could not rebuke the demon was a clear sign of what? Jesus said, your unbelief. Do you realize you're saved because of your belief? You're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost because of your belief. Someone told you you were a sinner and you believed it. Someone told you you needed to repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you believed it. How do you know? Because you did it. And then someone told you you needed the indwelling of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues. And you believed that you could and you did. So you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you believed it. Mark 16, 17, Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. 
In my name they shall cast out devils. So the disciples did not believe. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, they could not cast out devils. Jesus says they will speak with new tongues. So Jesus says you will know that you believe the truth when you rebuke demons and devils in my name. You will know you believe the truth when you speak in tongues as my spirit gives you the utterance. You know, a large percentage of religionists, and I call them religionists because a religionist is someone that thinks they know and they're arrogant and, and, and pompous about what they think they know and they don't know what they think they know. But they are very zealous about what they think they don't know. <laughs> I call them religionists. They believe that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity and they believe it with zeal. But they don't believe the truth. And that's why they can't understand the Bible. That's why they can't understand the word of God because they don't have any truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. I'm not the second person of the Trinity. I am the truth. When you see me, you see the Father. But if you can't see the Father in me, then you can't see the truth in me. And if you can't see the truth in me, then you can't know the truth. And if you can't know the truth, then you can't be free. Hmm. These non-believers, they believe that speaking in tongues is not necessarily evidence that you have the Holy Spirit. These non-believers accept that the Holy Ghost is real, but they don't believe that speaking in tongues is for them. Thank you, Egypt. (laughs) Therefore, they rationalize and say, it isn't necessary to speak in tongues as proof of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. So the reason the disciples could not rebuke the demon was not because they lacked the power, They didn't rebuke the demons because they didn't believe it. Mark 6, 7. Mark 6, 7. Jesus gave them power to cast out devils. And he called unto him the twelve. And he began to send them forth by two and two. And gave them power over unclean spirits. So they had the power. They had the ability. However, they were not powerful because of their unbelief. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, be hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. In this context, faith is the same as belief. Jesus says, if the content of your faith, if the content of your belief is the size of a mustard seed, then nothing shall be impossible to you. You know, how, how, have you ever seen a mustard seed? A mustard seed is very, very tiny. I can't help this. I got to tell you this story. We were at this church. And, and this evangelical woman bless her heart was talking about mustard seeds and she said and she got us all mustard seeds in little packets and she passed them out and she said 
I tried to find some white mustard seeds. But all I could find was black ones. All the mustard seeds are black. <laughs> Sister Swansea looked at each other, and I looked at each other and laughed. Because she's from the South. And if Jesus talked about a mustard seed, it's got to be white. have faith the size of a mustard seed. Jesus says you can move mountains. In other words, if you know the truth and believe the truth, then you will see your possibilities in truth. If you know the truth and you you believe the truth, then you will see your possibilities in truth. You won't think you can do something that you can't. You will see it in truth. You will begin to understand that nothing is impossible. You will begin to understand that nothing that is possible will be impossible for you. You will begin to actualize your possibilities. Your life will change for the better and you will be a powerful disciple. You will be a powerful disciple because you believe the word of God. Your life will change for the better and you will be powerful. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm going to give you a power. I'm going to make you a powerful disciple. And you're going to have an abundant life because you're going to be powerful. Because you're going to be full of my word. You're going to believe my word. You're going to apply my word to your life. And you're going to have a powerful life. And you will enjoy the abundant life that I have provided for you. Why? Because you believe you can. Yes, I believe I can have the life that Jesus provided for me. I believe I can have a good life. And I'm not talking about prosperity and finances. I'm talking about a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of contentment. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having peace of mind. I'm talking about having joy in my mind that can get me through stuff. That makes me powerful. There's nothing more powerful than peace. There's nothing more powerful than joy. There's nothing more powerful than the righteousness of God dwelling in your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's powerful. That's powerful. I got powerful peace. I got powerful joy. Mark 9.23, Jesus tells a similar, Mark tells a similar story of the demon-possessed boy. And when the man asked Jesus to heal his son, Jesus says to him, when the man asked Jesus to heal his son, in Mark, Jesus says, if thou canst believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. In other words, if you believe, then all things. All possibilities, Sister Raven, are possible. If you believe, then all the possibilities are possible. And none of the possibilities will be impossible. Belief makes us powerful. It was a possibility that the man's son could be healed, but because he believed that Jesus could do it, his belief made him powerful and Jesus impressed Jesus and Jesus did it. Now, 
Earlier we learned that power is having the ability or potential to act, right? We learned that powerful is the energy or force that produces effects and gets results, right? Knowledge of truth presents us with ability and potential. This is the power. We learn that believing truth makes us powerful because when we believe something, we can do it and we will do it. We learn that Jesus taught the doctrine of truth. And in this doctrine, he says, if you can believe, then all things are possible and nothing is impossible for you. That came from the mouth of God. And then if we believe this truth, then all things are possible to them that believe Then we will believe. And what will happen? We will be powerful. Let me give you some points in the doctrine of truth that are guaranteed to change your life if you believe them. Let me give you some points in the doctrine of truth that are guaranteed to change your life if you believe it. You ready? Give and it shall be given unto you. What you sow, you reap. Seek and ye shall find. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your strength. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, Sister Lily. In all things you are more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him, Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those are just a few to put in your thought locker. We heard Jesus say, Matthew 21, 22. In all things, in all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. In all things, whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So what do we take from this message? Believing makes us powerful disciples. We must believe God. And we must believe that if we believe God, then all things are possible. We must believe God. And we must believe that if we believe God, then all things are possible. And if all things are possible, then nothing shall be impossible. And if we know the truth, we shall, if we know the truth, if we know the truth, then guess what? The truth shall make us free. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for your word. We get so much strength from hearing your word. We get so much confirmation and assurance 
from hearing your word. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer?